sometimes here in America, we often enjoy being organized. Uh, sure. Many other foreign countries, uh, they don't even start church on time. They start church when everybody gets there because <laughs> people true. have to walk. Uh, often the joke is uh, we operate on island time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here in America, we set our clocks, and uh, if church doesn't start at 6 or at 7 or at 1030, uh, then it's kind of like, well, that that was a fail on us. We started two minutes late. And so, but this organization, uh, we've kind of fallen into the trap of every service is the exact same. Uh, I mean, even the church I grew up in, uh, you know, they had a set schedule. And if I went back there now, it would probably be the exact same <laughs> order of service. Yeah. And that was like uh, when I lived in Ohio. That was years and years and years ago. Yeah. Like the order of service handout is like vestigial. Yeah. Like don't 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 switch it up. Like some churches sing four songs, two standing up, two sitting down, handshaking on Sunday mornings, but not on Sunday nights. And it's just the same thing. And, uh, and sometimes that leads to some apathy in worship, but... Uh, Stephen, you're the music guy here at Central Baptist Church. Uh, often, some people would coin you as the worship pastor. Oh my! Uh, but what is worship? Is is worship just singing mm. songs? First of all, I I prefer the title music director uh, versus worship pastor uh, because look, worship is not just music. Okay, worship involves many many areas, and I believe that the pastor is the worship leader. And I am just an assistant to the pastor. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about uh, what the Bible says about worship. There's an interesting passage in John, and this is when Jesus uh, confronts the woman at the well. And uh, I'm just going to read it here, John 4, 21. It says, uh, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Uh, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Uh, So there's that key phrase there, worship in spirit and in truth. There's the idea that you can worship in spirit, but not in truth. And I think that's exactly what the woman was doing. She was worshiping out of a sincere heart in spirit, but it was not in a truthful way that was in accordance to the law of the Jews. Uh, and then you can also worship in truth, uh, you know, worship according to the truths of the Bible, but not out of a genuine response of the heart. Yeah, and so what are some other different types of worship in the Bible other than singing that it's talked about either in the Old Testament or in the New? Without giving a lot of specific passages, uh, many times there's a reading of Scripture, a public reading uh, in the synagogue or maybe amongst the Jews, uh, preaching of the Word uh, publicly. Uh, exhorting, preaching. Um, then, you know, of course, singing is a big one. Also, you can worship in a more private manner, uh, just meditation or prayer uh, unto God. And the the one thing, the definition that I wanted to convey today, what is true worship? The essence of true worship is the right response of the human heart to revealed truth about God. Okay, so in Psalm 119 and in many other Psalms, you have an example where truth is given, and then, then David responds to the truth. I'm going to start in verse 4. It says, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed uh, when I have respect in all thy commandments. Then in verse 7, his response to this truth is, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. 
So first comes the truth, then comes the response. And that's a great principle that we see here in the life of David. And so often as we uh, are worshiping and we're trying to worship either through our tithes and our offerings or worshiping through song or worshiping as the pastor is preaching, uh, you know, we come to service and we say, okay, I'm here. I'm punching the clock, if you will. Uh, but our heart's really not in it. We're really not thinking about it. I mean, yes. how often do we sing words out of the hymnal? Uh, and then if someone would ask us after the service, hey, what song did we sing for the congregation? What was the, what were the words about? Not many people would be able to answer that question. Uh, and so here's just a few hindrances that I think we all run into from time to time uh, of having true worship mm-hmm. with our Savior. First of all is... Uh, well, you could just start over on that point uh, as far as obstacles to true okay. worship. And so we often face some obstacles uh, to true worship as we go through our life. Uh, the first mm-hmm. obstacle I think of is the obstacle of omission. Uh, obviously, if we're not coming to church, we're not going to be able to worship in song or worship in uh, during the preaching service or worship during the tithes and the offerings because we're just not there. Yeah. Uh, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Yeah, and we often neglect uh, worshiping in a private manner as well. We get busy. We have distractions. Things go awry. We wake up late. We got to get to work. We get home, and we got to feed the family. We got to uh, put the kids to bed. We got to go to this game or that game. Before you know it, it's 11 o'clock, and you're in bed, and you didn't take any time to worship God and to praise God whether that's singing in your heart or whether that's praying to him or whether it's taking time in his word. We've just gone all day with really out, with really not taking time to worship with God. And so the area of mission is very easy to fix. Schedule it, put it in your schedule, and just do it. Uh, but these other two areas are really where it starts to begin to affect our heart. And I see this in the area, first of all, of apathy. The area of apathy. Isaiah says this, and also then Jesus uh, repeats this in Matthew chapter 15. But Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. And here, the children of Israel, uh, they didn't have the right heart. If you would talk to them, they had the right talk, and uh, they were singing the right songs, if you will, but their heart was far from the Lord. And many times, we just go through the motions. We uh, pick up the hymnal, open it up, and we don't even think about the words. We've become apathetic. Church is just another social gathering to us. It's another thing to do on our to-do list, and we do it, and it's done. Uh, But our heart really isn't there. When we're singing the congregational songs, let's think of the words. And it's not that we're trying to purposely do it, or we're trying to have a bad attitude, but sometimes we just kind of go through the motions. And we've all been there before. Everyone's human. And so, uh, you know, I encourage you guys that are out there listening, this Sunday when you go to church, I encourage you guys, uh, think about the words uh, to the songs. Think about the words to the special music. Sing and have a smile on your face and thank God for 
whatever that song is talking about, whether it's talking about Christ's sacrifice, or maybe it's talking about being a missionary, or maybe it's talking about uh, living the victorious Christian life, that you can rejoice in that song and really worship God. Uh, just going through the motions uh, is not really worship. Just because we sang uh, four congregational songs this morning doesn't mean we really worship God. And so we need to put our heart into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I could say, it, just to reiterate, it is about our response uh, to that truth. So you can be you know, reading the words, thinking the words, but if you're not applying them to your life and saying, what is my response? Uh, God is great. God is mighty. What is my response to that? You know, not just thinking about the words, but applying them in a real sense. You know, how can I respond to that truth that God is great, that God is mighty? Well, I am nothing. I need him. And that's one thing I love about our church is that pastor gives an invitation time. And that's the time where you respond to the truth of the preaching of the word of God. That's vital. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, too, we can't be too quick to judge folks by their outward expression because emotions are not the same as worship. You know, some folks may be more emotional when they worship. Others may not be. Uh, so be careful about, you know, like nobody was worshiping. Well, I, I doubt that, you know, because different people express their uh, worship, their affection toward God in a different way. And that's very true. Some of the deepest conversations I've had with people about spiritual things are not the people that are always the loudest or always the most smiliest, if that's a word. The loudest ameners. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's sometimes the quiet ones, sometimes the ones that mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're really pondering the words. I mean, if yeah. I'm sitting there pondering something, really thinking about something, uh, you know, maybe I'm not smiling. Uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm just sitting there with kind of a, maybe a little bit more stoic uh, look, uh, thinking about what uh, Christ has done. And, you know, a lot of those people, that's what they are doing. They're really thinking about the words. And so, yeah, it's not just an outward emotion and an outward thing. I mean, I've seen people uh, raise their hands and stand up and wave their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, hey, if that's if that's what the Lord has led you to do, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that everyone has to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Another uh, hindrance that we have to worship is sin. Uh, And Isaiah, once again, going back to the book of Isaiah in chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11 says this, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of the bullocks or of the lambs, or of the he-goats. And it goes on here in the next few verses talking about uh, that God does not want the the offering of incense has become an abomination to him. It talks about the assemblies. He does not, he, won't, he wants them to be put away with. Then also talks about even our prayer uh, there that the Lord did not want to hear it. And this was because of sin that Israel had done. And Israel wanted it both ways. Israel wanted to sin and worship God. And and God said, hey, 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 I don't want just your sacrifices. I don't want you just going through the motions. I want a clean heart from you. Mm -hmm. And this is said here in Isaiah. Amos says it as well. Uh, We find it later on in the book of um, uh, Habakkuk uh, Mm -hmm. when he talks about... uh, uh, talking about the city of Jerusalem there. And we also see it in First Samuel, talking to King Saul, where he says, 
Uh, listen, I would rather have obedience than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so just going through the motions is not what pleases God. It's not what draws us close to God. So they, you could say that they were worshiping in truth as far as they were following the law, the ordinances that were given in the law of sacrifice, but God didn't want just that. He wanted their spirit. They, yeah. He wanted their sincerity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get apathetic, but sometimes we have sin. I mean, how many times have we gone to church and we just had an argument with our wife uh, that has not been resolved? I, I've never done that. <laughs> or how many times have we uh, gone to church and uh, maybe we're bitter against somebody there? Maybe we're like, well, I don't want to see so and so because they did me wrong. You know, last I can't time believe I they church. sang my song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so we come there and we sin. Maybe we're just sinning and we enjoy our sin. Maybe it's a sin that we, it's a sin habit that uh, the Lord's convicted us about, but we've told the Lord no. I think you better change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, when we come to church and we say, all right, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to put my tithe in, I'm going to worship, I'm going to pray. But God says, I don't want any of that. I want I want a heart that's passionate, and I want a heart that's right with me. And so we got to examine our own heart and our own life. Often the psalmist says, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. David says in 51, 16, and 17, after he confesses uh, his sin of, with Bathsheba, he says, For thou des- desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And David is here, uh, had hid this sin for around uh, 10 to, uh, some people say, up to 16 months that David did not confess this sin. Nathan had to come to him after the child had uh, died that he had with Bathsheba. Nathan had to come to him, tell him the story, and he finally got his heart right. But could you imagine having sin in your life for an entire year? And then here's the king. He was making sacrifice. He was going forward and... Uh, acting as if he was still right with God, but he did not have true worship because there was sin in his life. And often sin will hinder us from having that true worship with God, having us be able to sing with a uh, a delightful heart. In Isaiah chapter 1, it says God didn't even want to hear the prayers of Israel because they were wicked. And so we need to make sure that we have a clean heart when we approach church, when we approach our quiet time with God, when we approach this idea of worshiping God with our whole life. And I think worship is a very important thing. And as we close, I I think Stephen's going to look at the life of David and just the number of times that David went and worshiped with God. Well, of course, the book of Psalms is a great example for us. And I could never begin to talk about every example here, Uh, but just... I want to read a couple passages here. Psalm 63, 6, uh, it says, when, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Uh, this is this shows David just laying there at night and meditating, and you could say worshiping, thinking about the truth and his response to it, uh, to God. He also says in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, so that that praising and blessing and worshiping the Lord doesn't need to be limited to just a Sunday, a Sunday morning. You know, we, we ought to worship God 
all the time because we ought to be meditating on him all the time. So we think about the truth. Uh, what is our response to that truth? Um, and then rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4 and verse 4. Uh, great, great thoughts as we in uh, this podcast. Maybe we've challenged, maybe we've helped you today. I hope so. Um, so let us know. Yeah, and if uh, this has been an encouragement to uh, to you, or maybe you have another question, or maybe a specific verse in the Bible you would like for us to to discuss, I encourage you guys, email us at bibleconnection.cbc at gmail.com, and you can email your questions there, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. But check out our Facebook page, too. And yeah, and you can ask a question on there as well. Just search uh, for The Bible Connection. Yeah, and our logo there, and uh, we... Uh, like uh, having you guys as an audience, we thank you guys. Uh, so when you go off to church this week, um, this Wednesday night, or maybe this Sunday, or maybe even during your quiet time, say, do I have a little bit of apathy in my heart and in my life that I need to maybe uh, be a little bit more passionate about Christ and worshiping Him? And then also ask, is there any sin that I need to deal with where I can come back into true worship? I hope you guys have a good week, and thank you once again for listening to this week's episode of The Bible Connection. Thanks, and God bless. Siri just joined the conversation. And it just keeps going. Wow. Okay, Siri's Siri's I'm preaching. Ashamed of what I have respect in all the commandments. Denver Sevens. He learns something to every day. Oh, I think he missed a word. All right, shut up now. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Sorry about that. Series off the leash. <laughs> I don't know where I need to start again. Goodness gracious. <laughs>